Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, where we talk about this time of life, mind, body, and spirit. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Each week, I'm joined by top professionals dropping their tips and advice. Remember, episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you, because this helps others to find the show. You can check out our website, find out which episodes are coming up, and get the latest blog and advice by going to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com, and get ready to thrive, not just survive, through perimenopause and beyond. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause with me, Clarissa. I am super excited to talk about a subject that I have not talked about before, and that is Ayurveda. And I am incredibly honored to be joined today by Nithan Mohan. She is a very experienced Ayurvedic practitioner. She's based in India, and she's doing, with her group, Neva Health, amazing work around Ayurveda and menopause. So I could not have her on the show. Neetha, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Clarissa. Thank you. It's an honor, actually, and I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's my honor because, you know, Ayurveda is something I hear about back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner, but I'm not an Ayurvedic. (laughs) I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner. So for me... There are similarities, but a lot of differences too. (laughs) And I think people hear about kapha and and various things, but let's begin at the beginning. Yes, yes, sure. What really is, what is Ayurveda? Tell tell my listeners about Ayurveda. I'm I'm excited to hear that. Do you know a little bit about Ayurveda since you were telling about kapha and all? That's quite interesting. So Ayurveda is actually a complementary system of medicine, which has originated in India around 4,000 years ago. You know, it's a long, long time ago. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of the first holistic functional system of medicine in the whole world, I would say. And it has a unique set of principles, which we have been following. It has been uh, followed since now, and it has flourished all over the world in this era, and all over the world now, US, UK, Germany, Australia, went out. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I read that. Yeah, beautiful. So tell me a little bit about it because there are these systems that you people may hear about or read mm-hmm. about on social media. There are, am I right, there are four kind of key systems. Yeah. Do tell my listeners a bit more about, about yes, that. Yes, sure, sure, sure. I mean, it has a lot of principles in it. As I said, we, we actually base our principles on uh, like uh, theories, like uh, the five elements of nature. That is one of the theories. The three bioenergies, that is another set of theories. And we also like depend on the gut health so much. We focus on the gut health so much. So it has a wide range of unique principles, deep, deep, deep principles, uh, which actually helps you to assess your condition as a whole, body and mind as a whole, not just the disease or not just the condition that you're going through. We assess the individual as a whole. We consider the distribution of the bioenergies. We consider the distribution of the five elements of nature 
that is inside us. And that is how we come to a conclusion on how to treat or how to go to uh, like address this condition, whatever you are having. Yeah, and it has many branches. It has many branches like the modern medicine, like general medicine. It has uh, pediatrics. It has gynecologists, of course, with other names, which is in Sanskrit. But yeah, it, it has all yeah, kind of branches, including surgery. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's a whole system. Correct. So to me, that sounds quite similar to Chinese medicine. It's a whole system. And it's yeah, and it's very well developed, very deep. I yes, know that. Yes, yes. So some people practice yoga. What's the relationship between yoga and Ayurveda? Yes, that that's an interesting question. Actually, I would say that they are sister sciences. You know, they both have the same base. They both have the same base from the Vedic knowledge of India. That is, Vedic knowledge is a traditional knowledge of India. So you can call them like the two branches of the same tree. Uh, if the Vedic knowledge is pictured as, uh, picturized as the uh, tree, and then there are two branches, that is one is Ayurveda and one is Yunka. And both, uh, like depend on holistic healing, both are ways towards holistic healing. They tend to combine, when we combine Ayurveda and Yoga, they tend to heal your body as well as mind. That is very important, right? Considering the mind as well as healing your condition is actually very, very important. So they go hand in hand. They give you a better, deeper way of approach to address your disease. And yeah, that's that's a complete new way of holistic healing. Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. So would an Ayurvedic practitioner recommend yoga or work with yoga as well? Sure, sure. Yes, we have a specialization called Svastavrata where we uh, we learn about preventive aspects at, as well as yoga. So Ayurveda practitioners always ask our clients, whoever is coming to us with some problem, if they have some kind of, uh, some kind of condition, then to address that, yoga is also advised along with Ayurveda principles that that tends to help it a lot to ease your journey a lot uh, and yeah it becomes more easy you know yes yeah, yeah it sounds sounds quite similar for me as well <laughs> yes but, you know qigong is a a practice in it's not separate uh -huh. but often an acupuncturist will recommend yes. qigong <laughs> Uh, as a practice because they're complementary. So there's a lot of similarity Correct. across Oriental medicine yes, yes. in how how people are healed. Yes. Um, if someone or many of my listeners obviously come from a Western medicine background, yes. how is Ayurveda more unique? It's different because it's personalized, if I'm correct. Yes. Uh, that's an interesting question. I can talk about it whole day <laughs> if you give me the time. <laughs> there are so many unique principles in it. But I would like to project uh, two basic principles of Ayurveda. Then one is body type. See, there is a lot. There are a lot of individuals in the world, right? Uh, it, it's if it's uh, me and you. You are different from what I am. Your friend must be different from what you are. So there are different individuals. Now, all of us are human beings, but what makes this difference? That is a million dollar question, right? So Ayurveda truly <laughs> believes yeah. that each individual is unique and different, even in his or her composition. And this composition is brought about by three bioenergies, as you said in the beginning. It's called Vata, Pitta and Kapha. But to make it more easier for our listeners, maybe we can call it V, P and K in short forms. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so, so basically, every individual has this bioenergy in the body. But what makes everybody different and unique is the proportion of distribution of these bioenergies. So there, there will be like a different proportion of bioenergies in my body. Then we're different proportion of bioenergies in your body. And this actually differs and makes you unique and different. This one principle is the base of Ayurveda, which we focus even when we give uh, uh, some treatments or some kind of herbs, diet plans, whatever. We address the bioenergies, we consider, we assess the state of bioenergies, and then only we go for the treatment or herbs. And another one point which is very unique about Ayurveda is, or I, as I already said in the first statement, is gut health. Gut health is very, very important. Yeah. Ayurveda truly believes that gut is the root cause of everything, be it health or disease. So if your gut health is not optimal, then whatever you eat will go in vain. You won't get, like, you don't have the proper metabolism, there is no proper absorption, so everything goes in vain. So we have to focus on gut health, improving the gut fire and detoxification. Yeah. So these are the two main yes. points, I would say. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting there is Western medicine is now talking as if they've discovered the gut <laughs> microbiome. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but actually, Ayurveda and, and I would also say Chinese medicine, Oriental yes. medicine has known this for thousands yes, of years. Yes. That that food is medicine. That your gut health is the most important Correct. thing. Correct. Ayurveda yeah. even yeah. says that your gut health, if the gut health is not optimum, you may end up having even mental diseases or even autoimmune diseases, yeah. inflammation. All kind of things can originate just from your disrupted gut. So that is pretty interesting, right? I mean, ages ago it was written. <laughs> <laughs> and and now we're kind of catching up and all these people are going, wow, the gut microbiome and the gut brain axis. And we're kind of going, yeah, we kind of knew that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's talk a bit about menopause now specifically. Sure. How does Ayurveda perceive menopause and how is that different from a Western perspective on menopause. Yes. So menopause is actually an inevitable phase of life which every woman has to go through, right? And even every one of us has to go through that if you are a woman. We have the same set of hormones. We have the same mechanism that is happening in body and the same phase of life that is called as menopause. But it's very interesting to note that all of our symptoms differ actually. Some of us may be having hot flashes predominantly. Some of us may be having weight gain, some of us may be having gut health issues. So all these symptoms differ. Why is this happening? This is, this is another very important question which we should ask ourselves. Why is this difference happening if we have the same set of hormones and same processes? This Ayurveda can explain this because this is actually related to, as I said, the difference in bioenergy distribution in the body. And Ayurveda classifies menopause as three types based on these bioenergies. So we can call it again V-type menopause, P-type menopause, and K-type menopause. Yeah. And if you are a V-type menopause person, I'll make it more clear by explaining the symptoms. So if you are a V-type menopause person, you may be having vaginal dryness or joint muscular aches. You may be having anxiety, mood swings, and these kind of symptoms predominantly. If you are a P-type menopause person, you may be having hot flushes, night sweats, anger, and irritability where you like, you have a lot of anger outbursts. And if you're a K-type menopause person, then the picture is completely different. You may be having like weight gain, you may be feeling lazy, 
sluggish digestion and all of this. So Ayurveda actually defines this into three types and we consider this while we are addressing menopause as well. So I, I'll tell you an interesting client story. So one, one client uh, came to me at Nirva and she just had a question for me where, and during the session. She just came uh, for the answer to that question. She asked me, I'm going to menopause. I have vaginal dryness and some hot flashes, serious hot flashes. But I have a question for you. I know this is due to menopause. My friend who is of the same age doesn't have all these symptoms. Why is that? What is abnormal in me? <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a pretty interesting question, which I faced in my entire career. And then I recognized that this should be spoken about. This should be, uh, there should be some awareness about the different kinds of menopause. Yeah. So this is Ayurveda's view about menopause. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're really seeing that depending on the type you are, your menopause is di- is different. Yes. Just is is different, and that 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 kind of leads to individualized, personalized care, yes. doesn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. We we definitely yeah. consider this because we have a menopausal assessment that is being done before you sign up uh, with our team, and we definitely consider this which kind of bioenergy you are into. We assess the body type as well, and then we assess the menopausal type. As I said, among the three menopausal types. Which menopausal type are you into? Then only we go for that basic, we adapt the three basic tools of Ayurveda that is lifestyle, diet, yoga, and herbs. If wanted, we add herbs also. But herbs will be different in everybody's tradition. Since this is totally personalized, every herb won't be effective for everybody. It depends on the type of uh, menopause you have. So we definitely consider this. Yeah. And am I right in understanding that people can be dominant one type, but also have some subtypes of others? Because we're not a hundred percent. Yes, that's right. Of VP buying. That's right. That's right. It's very difficult to see uh, somebody hundred percent P type or somebody as a hundred percent B type. There will be always combination, like permutations and combinations in between them. So there will be a mixture of symptoms, but we what we then we some uh, predominant symptoms. That is actually sticking out, maybe yeah. heart flashes. So when we ask them, what is the most important symptom that is concerning you more? Then they'll say that it's heart flashes. I cannot sleep due to my heart flashes. Then that is uh, that means that you are a P type, P predominant type of uh, menopause along with the other types as well. So it can come as a mixture. Yeah, it comes as a mixture, but you tend to have one correct, type. Correct. Yeah. Predominantly, you may yeah. be of one yeah. type. Yeah. yeah. So that makes it, that's the start point of how you work with people from the predominant yes. type. Yes. So you talk about you've got lifestyle, yoga, and diet, and sometimes yes. herbs. How would that look in practice? As an example, if you had a patient, how would you approach them in those ways? Yes, sure. So when they are approaching us for menopause, Probably the most important thing that we should be uh, giving them is the space and time to express themselves. They may be feeling very, like, they, they are not feeling heard. Nobody is addressing the symptoms. All these happen. So we tend to listen to them. We tend to give them space and time to express and let out all their emotions and anger. And then only we go for all uh, this assessment. <laughs> because... Everybody tend to blame a woman that, why have you changed suddenly? So I had a, I had a client who came to me and told me that I don't know what is happening with me. 
Exactly. I just want to understand that. I just want to understand what is it happening with me. Because yesterday, my kid told me that, Mom, you have changed a lot. You have calm before and you have become suddenly very agitated and irritated. I don't want this mom. I want my previous mom. So that hit her, <laughs> that hit her very hard, you know, and that, that, that was like a very yeah. deep wound to her. So they, she came to me and asked me, what is the exact problem with me? So I said, you are into menopause. It's not a problem. It's just a phase of life. So basically to make them aware of what they are going through is very, very, very important in this, uh, in this journey, actually. To make them understand that this is completely okay, this is completely normal, you're just going through a phase of life where you kind of have some imbalance in your hormones, which creates some imbalance in your bioenergies. And if that imbalance can be corrected from the root cause, then you're good to go. You don't have any other issues in health. So that is how we address them initially. And then after assessing the body type and menopause type, uh, we, we provide a diet plan, which is kind of very personalized yogic practices, lifestyle modification, and also some herbs. So if you ask me some examples of herbs that we give, maybe if, if some yes. person is approaching me with heart flushes. So at Nirva, we give a recipe called coriander seed infusion. It's, it's oh, yeah. very simple, it's very easy, and it's very, very effective, trust me. So if you're a person suffering from serious heart flushes, suffering from night sweats, what you have to do is you have to just take one cup of water and put one tablespoon of coriander seeds into it, boil it for like five to 10 minutes. At night, you have to do this. Leave it overnight. And in the morning, you can sip on this drink, this cold infusion. Trust me, within a matter of two weeks, your hot flushes are going to reduce up to 50%. So that that is a wow. great thing which you can uh, start off with. Yeah. That's wonderful because actually that's very empowering. And it, of course, is using herbal medicine yes. in a, as a food, yes. really, as, as opposed to seeing herbalism as something very separate no. from ourselves, which, of course, it can be too. But, yes. But I love that. Love, love, love that approach yes. so much. Yes. So basically, many spices which are available in your kitchen can be used as medicine, you know. As Hippocrates said, yeah. I don't know, I'm not sure if Hippocrates has said that, but still food is thy medicine. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, food is, food is thy medicine is a pretty, like, very effective concept, which we follow very much. I, all Ayurvedic practitioners follow very much, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, turmeric is another sure. one, coriander, yes. sage, all of these are, in their own right, they're very powerful yes, herbs. Yes, uh, uh, But they can be safely ingested yes, yes. Um, or taken in as teas, as you said, and, and really support yes. um, women, women to do something. I mean, you sat there within a couple of weeks. How long typically, and obviously where each of us is different, does it take for somebody to see some visible results through Ayurveda? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So uh, I'll put it this way. We have a symptom tracker at Nirva where we tend to focus and uh, assess what they are going through and we, we track their symptoms and the differences in their symptoms, the changes in their symptoms. So if you are a typical menopausal person with typical menopausal issues only, then 
uh, usually women get uh, benefited within a matter of two weeks. They they have their symptoms reduced at least up to 50% within a matter of two weeks. And within a matter of two months, it has come down up to 10%. That's a great relief, you know, when somebody comes to you with 100%. And within a, a two months period, when it comes down to 10%, that's a great relief what it can offer. But having said that, if you are a person with some kind of underlying diseases, like maybe hypothyroidism or diabetes or yes. some kind of diseases like that, then it could take a bit more time. Uh, I, I had a client who had uh, childhood eczema, eczema for like 40 years. And she is into menopause right now. And she has a lot of symptoms. Uh, her eczema tends to flare up every time she gets her period. And this she has she has been going through a lot. In her case, it's been, it's been a long time since we are trying to like get the bioenergies back in place because she has an underlying condition. So in that cases, yeah. in some particular cases, maybe it will take a little bit of time. But trust me, if you are a person with typical menopausal symptoms with no much underlying disorders, then I, it's magical, I would say. <laughs> wow, that's that that's amazing by really adjusting lifestyle and diet yes. and obviously practicing yoga. We can, for a lot of us, feel a lot better very quickly. Yes, yes, yes. And they can yes. see the changes. So when they initially begin, maybe they won't be much motivated. They'll have a lot of questions in their mind. But within a matter of two weeks, they feel motivated themselves because they can visibly see the changes by just following the diet, lifestyle and yoga. So that's pretty interesting to watch, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. One of the questions I have in there is, is there a compatibility with hormone replacement therapy and Ayurveda? Uh, actually, hormone replacement therapy, there, there are, we have clients who take hormone replacement therapy along with our diet plan and lifestyle modification. So there is no issue with that. But uh, we actually, uh, uh, I didn't say it like this, that it is uh, a natural replacement for hormone replacement therapy. Uh, all these things yeah. are natural replacement for hormone replacement therapy. But uh, in some cases, when the hormone replacement therapy is like contraindicated to some people, then we tend to focus on giving herbs from Ayurvedic point of view, some kind of oh, supplements yeah. to support them. Because some people will be contraindicated. Like if you have a history of cancers or family history of stroke, you are not a correct fit for hormone replacement therapy. No. At that no. point of time, we'll be giving some kind of supplements. But there is like... Uh, no issue in taking the hormone replacement therapy and the diet plans and lifestyle modifications together. Or if you want, you can even replace hormone replacement therapy with the natural methods. <laughs> yes. Of course. And for a lot of people who are looking for a natural menopause, Ayurveda is a excellent yes. route to it, to explore. If you feel, you know, sort of connected yes. to that, then that is fantastic. Yes. So we talked about diet. What are some of the diet modifications, Nita, that somebody might do within an Ayurvedic plan? What would they look like? Yeah, sure. I'll just throw some light to that as well. So basically, as I said, we focus on gut. Whatever the symptoms are, we focus on, as I said, gut health is very important. So initial two weeks of the plan will be focusing on improving your gut fire and kind of detoxification of the body, where we will be including herbs like spices, like, as I said, turmeric, ginger, cumin, all these kinds of basic things into your diet. So that the gut fire gets, uh, 
gets into its optimum state. There is a lot of yes. uh, anti-inflammatory things in your diet when turmeric is there. And all these detoxification procedures happen in the initial phase. After that, only we tend to like include some other kind of diet modifications like maybe uh, lentils. Lentils, green gram soup is a very, very good yeah. option. Mung bean. I, I think some of some parts of the one it's called mung bean. When I said green gram in one of the Revel uh, event, somebody asked me, <laughs> what is green gram? So it's called mung bean, I guess. So yeah, mung bean yeah. or green gram, whatever you call it, that soup out of that, just a plain green gram soup. That is one best modification which you can have. It has a lot of proteins in it. It's very light to digest. It keeps up your digestive fire and keeps up your immunity as well. Another one thing which, uh, which we suggest, usually in the diet plan, is cumin seed infusion. Cumin seed infusion. So most of, uh, yeah. most of uh, women who come to us have conditions like bloating or constipation or some kind of thing associated with cause issues. So yes, uh, yes. cumin seed infusion actually helps to address that. So basically, the preparation is the same. One glass of water, one teaspoon of cumin seed goes into it, boil it for like five to ten minutes and sip it warm. That's a very good drink to have it in empty stomach. If you can have it in empty stomach in the morning, then that's the best thing that you can do to your body. So all these are some kind of inclusions that we do. But also, uh, we ask them to avoid some kind of foods like processed food, white flour, and yeah, all, all sorts yes. of canned foods, tin foods, which most people are used to. So that kind of, uh, some kind of avoid list will also be there. And yes, if you include some kind of basic spices, that's that's how we curate the diet plan in the initial phase. Wonderful. So it feels to me like down, no, sh no sugar or less sugar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And even honey is a good option. So I, I'll just I'll just share one yeah. new recipe for people who has yes. weight gain along with menopause, and I think they might be interested in hearing yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> quite a few people. Yeah, <laughs> that's a quite common problem right now, right? So yeah, if you are a person with menopausal symptoms and also weight gain with sluggish digestion, all these things, you're not feeling that motivation, then you can try this. Maybe half teaspoon of dry ginger powder. Okay, half teaspoon of turmeric. And a bit of lime juice into it. Squeeze a bit of lemon juice into it. And then put some warm water, boiling water into it. Keep it for like 5 to 10 minutes. Let it be lukewarm. This mixture be lukewarm. Let all the ingredients get infused properly. When it is lukewarm, you can add one tablespoon of honey and then drink it. That's a good detoxifying nice. drink. Also, it helps to burn the excess fat content of the body. And yeah, yeah, address your menopausal symptoms. <laughs> That's really lovely. And what kind of menopause symptoms is that particularly good for? K-type menopause, actually, I would say K-type. Yeah, the weight gain, where you have fluid retention kind of thing, where you don't feel motivated. Mm. There's a lot of brain fog. You feel you're ah, very less yeah. of energy every day. You have to push yourself. This is a very good thing for you. Yes. Ah, beautiful. And what about things like dairy? In Chinese medicine, we like to have dairy out uh, as much as possible. How is that? Uh, see, because it creates sluggishness yes. and, and bloating in the yes, body. Yes, yeah? Actually, uh, yeah, dairy, uh, we also tend to advise to avoid much of dairy intake. And if you can switch to uh, like plant-based milk, like soy milk or oat milk, that would be better because that has a lot of uh, natural level of estrogen in it. So dairy, 
it's it, I would I wouldn't say that we say a complete no to dairy because there are some clients who cannot give up on cheese and you know yogurts <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, yeah. They're so used to that. So if we say you don't have to eat dairy, then they are devastated. Yeah. So uh, yeah. so we give better options. So if you're going for buttermilk rather than going for the full fat yogurt, then that can actually uh, help. Oh yeah. Buttermilk is a very good option to maintain your gut fire and also address your symptoms. This is actually a good probiotic also. It's a good source of probiotic. So yes. some kind of adjustments like that can be uh, given. And if you're a person already allergic to dairy, if you're a person who is not taking dairy, then you can completely say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it may be not quite so rich. It's a little bit fitted to yes. the person. Yes, but... everything is kind yeah. of personalized. Everything can be like completely said after assessing your type, your body type and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. And then obviously the diet there and then the lifestyle is what? Less stress? Yes. yes. More movement? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Uh, more movement, as you said. Yoga uh, yoga is a good uh, thing to practice. And also less stress. Some practices which help you to manage stress. We also tend to give some Ayurvedic uh, tips which you can practice as lifestyle modification which includes oil massage. Oil massage is a very good thing, you know. Mm. It's it's very relaxing. It's very soothing, and it it gives you like uh, immediate results. So one kind of oil massage is the head massage, head oil massage. But Ooh, the problem yes. we face with Western uh, side is that most of them are not used to putting oil on your head. Like Eastern side people aren't like very much used to that. So there there can be chance yes. uh, that we have to like assess their condition very much before. Uh, giving them some kind of oil yeah. for head application. So we start off with plain virgin coconut oil. Uh, we ask them to put it for like five minutes on the head, give a good massage with your fingertips and then take a like normal bath, relaxing bath. This will improve the sleep sleep uh, uh, disturbance. Oh, uh, yes. It will address the sleep disturbances also. Another one massage which yes. is very interesting and very uh, like easy to do is foot massages. Foot massages is very, very relaxing, you know. So you can just take maybe plain sesame oil or uh, maybe, as I said, plain coconut oil. You can just warm it a little bit and then apply it on your feet before going to bed for like 15 minutes. Put a socks on and then go to bed. Trust me, you're going to get the super sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to sleep like a baby, you know. <laughs> oh, I love yes. those. I love those, Lita, because... It really makes people empowered to do their own care. Yes. And yes, they're getting the advice from the practitioner, but then you can carry on with them at home in your in your own yes. way and it's effective. I love yes. that. And there are other procedures also, but before advising those procedures, like Ayurveda has kind of five type of detoxification procedures which help to balance your bioenergies. But before advising that, yes. we have to really assess the condition of the patient. Like there are some procedures where we uh, ask them to uh, put oil in their nostrils, maybe one or two drops of oils, prescribed medicate oil. And there are kind of purgations that can be done. All these are there, but all these are some kind of uh, treatments where we have to assess the patient before we advise it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it feels to me like there's, there's treatments, real treatments. Yes. And then there's this whole shift around diet, lifestyle, the yoga, and food as herbs, yes. really, which is beautiful. I think that is beautiful. Yes. Nithu, yeah. 
how can people get in touch with you and with Nirva Health and the wonderful work you and the other practitioners are doing Yes, there. yes. That's very simple, actually. You just have to head to our website, nirvahealth.com. And there you can book a call with our team. And we can assess how we can help you throughout your menopause. And we can see how naturally we can address your symptoms. And yeah, it's a very easy process. So just head to the website, nirvahealth.com. That is beautiful. Neethu, thank you so much for coming on Thriving Through Menopause and shining a light on what Ayurveda is. I mean, I know that it's way yes. deeper like <laughs> everything is, but but it gives people some insight into what it is. And I hope some of my listeners here will go to nearerhealth.com, explore more about this because it's a beautiful natural system for yes. dealing with menopause. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, Clarissa, for giving me this opportunity to talk about Ayurveda and to spread some, at least some knowledge about Ayurveda. As you said, it's a very much deeper science. So to all those ladies, gorgeous ladies who are going through your menopause, trust me, we can ease your journey by Ayurvedic principles, by simple diet plans. Uh, and trust me, that won't be a bland diet at all. <laughs> so you don't have to worry. <laughs> it will have all this. <laughs> it will have all the spices. It can be had as family meals. So there are a lot of questions which pop up in women's mind. Yeah. Right? We'll have. To, I have to cook for separately yeah. for my. So all these, everything will be addressed. We just assess your condition and help you to ease your symptom. And you're always welcome. We are more than happy to help through your journey. Yeah. And thank, oh, beautiful. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. I'm really honored. And thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thriving Through Menopause. If you like this podcast episode, please hop over to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com and rate and review it. And thank you if you do that, because it helps others to find the show. Want more news and views on perimenopause and menopause? Then sign up to my weekly newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Thank you once again for listening and see you next week for another guest interview helping you to thrive through menopause.